This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Cheryl, remember when we uh, did this episode <laughs> about yes. 20 feet from stardom? It was really fun. Yeah, it was good. We talk about backup singers. Yeah, some of the best singers you could ever hear, I was going to say with your earballs. You do listen with your earballs. Okay, yeah. Well, put your earballs in yeah. and uh, have a listen. This is This is a fun episode with some great tunes. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tig and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hi, it's Tig and Cheryl. True story. That's right. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Tig. <laughs> we got that right. We the, we got that right. And today we're talking about 20 Feet from Stardom, mm-hmm. the documentary. You just, and so just get started. You just No, I want to get, just... I like to get into it so people know what we're, what what's happening today. Okay. All right. And so this documentary is about backup singers basically mm-hmm. yeah are you into backup vocals oh my god when i was growing <laughs> up i wanted to be a backup singer which is weird well it's unrealistic for your vocal capacity <laughs> well at the time i didn't know nobody knew that i couldn't sing i mean when you're six or seven it's like yeah you. Could... i was in denial about my voice uh up until i was oh, about yeah. 12 and i remember mm. my friends set up their instruments in our house for my birthday my mother let my uh my friends set up a full drum set and amplifiers and just rock out and then they all left and left their instruments there and when nobody was home i sang on the microphone <laughs> Ooh, lordy <laughs> rude awakening <laughs> Wow. So that was the first time you really listened to yourself? Oh, it was amplified. Well, yeah, because I was always singing along in the car, mm. and I thought, well, this sounds fantastic. Well, you know, when I was in high school, I was in a lot of musicals. I sang in the school choir. And then right after I graduated, I auditioned for a musical that didn't have anything to do with my school. So I was auditioning for strangers and I'm standing there singing anything goes in front of these three people behind a table and I'm just sort of yelling it. The world has gone bad today and good bad today. 
And finally, I could hear myself for the first time, and I stopped, and I said, I really can't sing, can I? And they, <laughs> and they said, no, you can't. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm. thank you for your time. Did you say I'll see myself out? Oh, I didn't have to say it. I was already all my way out the door. Did you dance your way out with a cane in your hand? Whatever the song is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I'm I'm not a singer. Um, it doesn't stop me. Um, I had a, a show on Amazon, One Mississippi. Check it out. Critically acclaimed. Canceled yes. after two seasons. Yeah. Stephanie and I, um, we did a, a duet I want, I, I, even though I don't have a good voice, I always like to sing in public. Not always, mm. but sometimes I think it's a fun treat mm. for somebody's voice to go off the rails, and I like for it to be mine. And we, uh, we did a duet, and it was kind of a precious moment. Aww. But um, I, I do love backup vocals. In fact, in my stand-up before the pandemic, um, I used to do a lot of jokes about backup vocals one of them on mariah carey's cover of the jackson five song uh i'll be there yeah and then also um gladys knight and the pips Midnight uh, well i was just about to get to oh the shit pips. sorry that's no that's all right i i paused too long and you, you did yeah oh, there there you go again i paused too long again but yes gladys knight and the pips and um because she's probably my favorite Gladys Knight. Oh well, my God! Midnight Tree is... to Georgia is my favorite song ever, ever. Okay, well then you need to see me do my Gladys Knight Midnight Train to Georgia <laughs> bit because that is all about the pips and how my I do a whole joke about and I act it out about how Gladys is singing and then out of nowhere these three guys interrupt her song and just repeat <laughs> what she had just said and so throughout the whole thing. She's basically turning behind her and looking irritated at these men. <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, I just said that. I just said um, I'm leaving. Yeah. Leaving. <laughs> leaving. All on the midnight train to Georgia. Leaving all, all the midnight the... train. Yeah, I, I, I can handle this. I, can, I, <laughs> I can got it. This. I got it. I got it. it. Um, huge Gladys Knight fan. Ah. Uh the best she is truly the best uh, i don't it. mean to get completely off the rails but well we have we haven't even gone on the rails well i know well it's a train oh I mean, I get it, it. it's a daytime train <laughs> off the rails um to nowhere go to ahead nowhere uh she had a gambling problem i know you're a gambler do you know she had a gambling problem no but yeah. that makes me like her even more <laughs> look at your eyes you just looked <laughs> insane what what did she Play. Family knows family. Um, I don't. I don't know. Some sort of probably what probably poker. I don't know. I mean, I can't even imagine walking Nickel into slots. Vegas. Yeah, and sitting next to Gladys. Gladys Knight with a bucket of nickels. By the way, <laughs> by the way, she lost the pips. Gladys Knight and the bucket of nickels. Nickels. Ah, uh, shoot. Anyway, it's interesting because backup singers used to be so important. In a lot of these uh, songs, especially in the 70s, right? The 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s? So, so many years. I mean, yeah. All right. Why don't we tell them what it's about? Okay. Let's tell them what it's about. <laughs> I like that you refuse to get involved in this podcast. I like going off the rails. You like well, keeping it on the rails. Yeah. But I was saying, we're not even on the rails yet. 
Okay, we're, opposites we're into it. We have <laughs> opposites attract. We found each other. Oh, fine. Do you want to tell them what it is? I would love to. Okay. So 20 Feet from Stardom is a 2013 documentary directed by Morgan Neville. And the film profiles various backup singers who have recorded and toured with some of the biggest names in the last 50 years of music. This was really interesting to see all the people in it. Mm -hmm. uh, it also explores the reasons why some backup singers find fame as solo artists while others struggle to succeed as solo artists. So 20 Feet from Stardom debuted at Sundance and went on to gross nearly $6 million at the box office. Oh, you think I would know this. And it won the Oscar for Best Documentary Feature. I did not know that until this moment. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. It's a great film. I mean, I was in it. I was really in it. I was so... Uh, I was In just it? Really in it. And it really invested in all the different singers. And I loved... Um, well, I, I just loved how many musicians came together to speak about these singers, too. I mean... I know. How, how insane to have... Sting and Mick Jagger and Bruce Springsteen, which, by the way, during the movie, Stephanie yeah. said, while Bruce Springsteen was talking, she said, I would never have known who this person was. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also coming from somebody who was on a pilot, who was on a pilot and was talking to a man the entire day and just thought he was some dirty weirdo that was on set somehow only to find out later it was willie nelson <laughs> she had no idea it was uh, willie nelson i was with one of my friends uh, named maria and we were at a party and mm -hmm. there was no place to sit and these two guys were standing in front of like this little seating area but nobody was sitting in there mm -hmm. and she walks up to one of the guys and she says um can we sit in there my feet are killing me Mm -hmm. And he's like, go ahead, baby. So we walk in, and I said, do you know who that is? Was it She's Elvis? Like, it was Jay-Z. It was Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like showing him her feet, like, ah, can you believe? And I was like, Maria. Maria, it's Jay-Z. <laughs> it's Jay-Z. <laughs> I have a Jay-Z story. I was Great. eating at, at, at Crossroads plant-based restaurant mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, one of my favorites. Okay. I eat there, or I did before the pandemic, I ate there all the time. Okay. It's beautiful. Yes. I only knew about one door to the place. Mm, same. Okay. Okay. Well, clearly you and I are not. <laughs> we are We're not, not secret door no. people. Okay. I'm sitting in a completely like, a room that's off to the, you know, their room that's like off to the side in the back. Yeah. A curtain opened and Jay-Z walked through there <laughs> and I, I was, I was stunned. It was like he came, walked out of the wall. I did not know that anyone even walked through that curtain. And this grown man jumped up from his table and started following Jay-Z saying, Jay-Z, no. Jay-Z. And then security pulled him away. And I was oh. like, sir. The man, the man just came through the curtain. Just walked him through the one wall. One minute. <laughs> wanting a plant-based meal. 
And you you do not have the decency to let him go sit down and have a meal. <laughs> a grown man jumped up and just started Aww. chasing him. Well, despicable. We can't blame him. Oh. Utterly despicable. <laughs> so, back on oh, the sorry. rails. Okay, so Bruce Springsteen really starts the whole documentary off, which is yeah. so fun because, like you said, it the was... The mysterious man, the myst- Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Stephanie's never heard of. The only other more mysterious man is the elderly bearded man with braided pigtails in a cowboy hat. <laughs> He blends in with everybody else. Yes. Oh, so Bruce Springsteen, you know, sort of sets up the whole movie and um, and the challenges that the background singers have. So why don't we listen to a clip of this? But by the way, it was such a great way to start the film mm-hmm. because you see, oh, there are going to be some great people in here that are so respectful of their backup singers that they made time to sit down and talk about them and um, make this film. So... Okay, so this is Bruce. It's a bit of a walk, you know, from, you know, back by the drummer or over here. That walk to the front is is complicated. Singing background remains a, a somewhat unheralded position, you know. It's almost more of a mental leap than, than just the physical act of singing. It's a conceptual leap. And if you can comfortably come up with it, you know, then you may find a spot out there. And I know tremendous backup singers who just aren't comfortable in that position. You gotta have that narcissism, you gotta have that ego. Shall we do it? It can be a pretty long walk. I like that, um, it can be a pretty long walk. I know. It's an interesting... he, He speaks in metaphors. Well, it's literal. Oh, like a long walk to the Well, it depends on what kind of shape you're in or, you know, if you're tired. Hmm. Do you think that's what he meant? I don't know. <laughs> I, in my mind, when he said that, I was literally thinking about my old days as an actress and like having to park so far away just for an audition and, and walking like five blocks and then you're just sweaty by the time you get there. And, mm-hmm. I, and when he said long walk, I was like, yeah, acting's a long walk too. <laughs> Well, especially for somebody like myself, I, I remember um, showing up to film the TV show Transparent, and I had, I was on for two seasons, and um, to be fair, I'm not one of the main cast members, but uh, when I showed up in my Volkswagen Jetta stick shift with, uh, that could be mistaken for a bird toilet, sure, Um <laughs> I pulled up to set and they immediately pointed me to parking that was two football fields away because they assumed I was not an actor on the show. And on the same TV show, uh, this isn't about a long walk, but it's just about how not not a star. Oh, okay. Not a star. I am. I'm an acquired taste (laughs) by some. But... I was filming on the show. I was in the middle of a day's work and I was ushered in for touch-ups in the extras trailer. <laughs> I was on the show that day and be- had been filming for half a day and I was looking around for... You were like, wow, there are a lot of people in well, this no, I thought, scene. I don't 
re- I don't recognize my hair or makeup person in here. <laughs> and the guy was like, this is it. This is it. And I was like, really? And then somebody said, she's an actor. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then it was a long walk ah. from the extras trailer. Over to your to the superstar. The superstar trailer. Superstar trailer. So back yeah, on so track. Yeah. Back sorry. on track. So it's interesting because even when you think of Bruce Springsteen and and then like we were saying in this episode in this not an episode, but it's a film, Lou Reed and the Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. You know, Bette Miller, Stevie Wonder, all of that. It's just interesting because some, some of these songs are so iconic. Mm-hmm. And you do remember the the backup part. Oh my gosh, especially that um the Rolling Stones. Oh, give me shelter. I mean, should we talk about that? Uh, well, rape, well, murder. That, oh my that, god, that moment. It, you take it for granted when you're listening. I I speak for myself, but I take it for granted that moment. The power of that voice, the the simplicity of just that line, those few words, and just how if that weren't in there. It would not be what it is. No, because when you listen to the song, oh my gosh. Okay, I want to finish talking about this song, but I had I had a TIG moment today. A TIG moment? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> where people, myself... where women were just throwing themselves at you? <laughs> what was you know, it? It, it? I've heard you do a stand-up story about you talking to your, I think it was your nephew about like the best song ever. And then and and then I don't he have was a nephew. Hmm. Are you sure? Okay, this somebody is me? that you know. Yes, because then he you play the music. It wasn't a Rolling Stone song, and the intro was so long, and you're like, oh oh oh, it was me. It was. Uh, <laughs> listen, it's on my HBO Boyish Girl Interrupted. <laughs> it's from my childhood. Okay. And I'm in music class, and the teacher had encouraged us to bring in our favorite records and at the end of class every day somebody got to play their favorite song and I always brought in Beatles and Rolling Stones records and the coolest kid in the entire school JD mm-hmm. brought in his dad's Rolling Stones record and he said can you tell me the coolest song on the album to play and I said oh yeah it's you can't always get what you want and so he gave it to the teacher she puts it on the record player and only the beginning plays, which is the operatic. <laughs> then the bell rang. <laughs> and that's all the entire class heard. And he grabbed his record and he was like, thanks for nothing. And I was like, no, the song gets better. You don't understand. Well, today I was I was talking to uh, my daughters about this, and I said, you know, this this woman, uh, who was it that whose story was that? Uh, Mary Clayton. Yes. So Mary was doing a lot of uh, backup work at the time, and she has an extraordinary voice, and it's very like you're saying, it was very powerful. And according to her, in this film, she was pregnant. It was two o'clock in the morning. She had curlers in her hair, and she got a call from the Rolling Stones, from Mick Jagger, asking if she could come down and do backup vocals for this song, mm-hmm. which is Give Me Shelter. Let's just listen for a second, because she went down into the studio, 
She had never met Mick Jagger before. So she comes in. She doesn't know what the song is about. She doesn't. This is just, you know, gut instinct and what she's hearing him sing. And then she added this. incredible it's incredible and Mick Jagger is in the film listening to her listening to that recording and they both talked about it Mary and Mick Jagger I mean and that made that whole song so so today when I was telling my daughters I said oh and I was telling them the story about Mary and how she got the phone call from Mick Jagger she went in and I said and here's the song and I played it (laughs) for whatever reason it was taking <laughs> and I kept saying, "Oh, get ready!" Because she goes, "Rape, murder!" And, she, and they're just looking at me like, "Um, can I look at Instagram while we're waiting?" And then I, it finally, it actually, I felt good because once they finally heard that, my daughter said, oh, "What's the name of the song?" Because I think she downloaded it. No, nobody downloads it. Anyway, she put it on a list. Doesn't matter. The point is. People don't download? Do people down? No, they just, no, they make lists. I think I still download. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I just learned how to download. (laughs) And now nobody's downloading? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay. So, so the idea, this, this documentary follows the story of Mary. There's another woman named Darlene Love who also has an amazing voice. There's not a single person with a bad voice on this documentary. No, it's so, it is so great to watch just because you get to hear everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, then they play songs like the Lou Reed songs. What is the name of it? Yeah. Walk on the Wild Side. Yeah, Walk on the Wild Side. So imagine that song without the doot-de-doots. Now, if you can... Imagine this song without the doot de doots. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> there they are. There are the doot de doots. Now, um, what I loved in that moment uh, when they, and you'd, you'd have to see the film, or if you did watch the film, you'll know potentially what I'm talking about. I love that they block out the lead singer and only highlight the i do the background, the, the background vocal no the in the picture oh right that yeah. is interesting i love it because they really give them the moment the spotlight and, yeah and um carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? 
Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I feel like also with that um, Lou Reed song, I feel like some. I remember somebody telling me that there's two separate bass lines in that song which is really interesting and unusual. Hmm. And that has nothing to do with uh, backup singers, but... Uh, no, but it's interesting and unusual. I mean, I don't know enough about bass playing to... You don't. I... Is that right? I know, it's hard to believe. But, so, you know, at the beginning of, at the beginning of music... When did uh... music start? <laughs> When music started, it would be instead of BC, it's BM, beginning of music. Before music, oh, beginning at the beginning of music is the BM. Uh, there were really only, according to this documentary, white women that were singing backup. And man, were they groovy! <laughs> <laughs> there are so many funny moments in life where you can just isolate white people and just <laughs> quietly shake your head and just. I mean, what they're doing is so great, and it's it's wonderful w for what it is. But yeah. then, as soon as it's juxtaposed with uh, the the, uh, the women black that can really, yeah. oh my gosh, it, it's just it's so it, adorable it's, what the white people are trying. It to almost do. makes you embarrassed for white people. Yes. <laughs> so back in this was around the fifties, right? Fifties or sixties? Yeah, the sixties. So the the first black backup singers were Darlene Love and the Blossoms. Mm -hmm. So they came in and they had this amazing sound and suddenly the, I mean, listen, we're generalizing and we're, which you shouldn't do with people, but uh, send us hate mail to Tig's house. Um, Handwritten. <laughs> I mean, they, they just brought um, a soulfulness that the white singers at the time just weren't bringing and different musicians started listening to different uh, backup singers and they they requested and wanted certain backup singers because they were so amazing. Well, and I loved when they talked about how as soon as rock and roll started incorporating the backup singers, there was just like a no holds barred kind of vibe to the singing and the levels. Well, right, because you had these amazing artists 
uh, like um, David Bowie, people who would say, just do what you feel, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, or Luther Vandross. That's another Mm -hmm. interesting story in this. Who would say, just respond like Ray Charles, Mm -hmm. just respond the way you think you should respond and they would groove and vibe Mm -hmm. it which Mm -hmm. is amazing to me I am the opposite I am the opposite of that I don't know how they do it I wish I could okay well you are the opposite give an example well if somebody said uh groove and vibe it it, yeah groove and vibe (laughs) it say it twice I'd be like yeah yeah We could use that. In fact, we're going to grab that audio. But these women are like... Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh-oh. Oh, my. Oh, even like uh, the the uh, the song, That's Life. Mm-hmm. That's life. <laughs> are you trying to no, sell yourself as a singer? Well, If you yes. get a record deal... Out of this podcast, I will be I'll give so you jealous. I will always give you half. We should put out an album. <laughs> should I be the lead singer and you're the backup singer? Or should you be the lead singer? I think we should trade off, honestly. Okay, thanks because for we've your got... honesty. <laughs> okay, so here's, listen. Phil Spector was very interesting in this film. I mean, he wasn't in it, but they talked about him He's a lot. He's interesting always. Phil Spector made me think of you know, later Michael Jackson being in the film Mm. and Mm. just how, what year did this come out? 2013. 2013? Yeah. Things change with Michael Jackson. Uh, However you feel about Michael Jackson, good, bad, guilty, innocent, things changed. And so it's, it's, um, it's true. I mean, have you ever been in a car with, with someone? Michael Jackson? Tig, that's in poor taste. No, it's po- it's no, possible. No, it's not. You can be in a car. With... I was at a party with Jay Z, so you could be in a in a car with Michael Jackson. Yes, be- because you've been at a party with Jay Z, <laughs> therefore I could be in a car with Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's simple math. <laughs> it really is. I the could po- be. You could be in a car with Jay Z, mm-hmm. and I could be out to eat, and Jay Z could walk through a wall. <laughs> Therefore, I could also be in a car with Michael Jackson. I've never been in a car with Michael Jackson. I have never been in a car with Michael Jackson. But I'm saying, have you ever been in a car with a friend and mm-hmm. a Michael Jackson song comes on mm-hmm. and that friend has a reaction to it because some people will t- make you turn turn it. Mm-hmm. I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, depending on what mood I'm in, sometimes I won't, I won't put up with this song. And then sometimes I hear one of his songs and I'm like, ah, shit, I still like the song. This is a different debate, but the point is whether you liked him or not. I was a very big Michael Jackson fan. Were you? Oh, yeah. I I saw him in concert. I was alive, right? You know, I didn't see him in concert, but you know who I did see in concert? Tom Jones. The Jackson. Five. Four. Oh, (laughs) I was in Vegas, and I went and saw the Jackson <laughs> 4. You mean the Jacksons without Michael, just the brothers? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I hope you that. got a discount on your ticket. I saw that, and then also it was written up 
in a paper in Vegas that I was at the Jackson <laughs> 4 concert. <laughs> it wasn't um, it wasn't good. The Jackson 4, why would you think it would be good? Well, it just seems like you would be sad the whole time like oof, it's missing something. Yeah, it was missing a few things. <laughs> there were a few things missing. But I was so I just thought well, certainly, this is probably going to be good. I mean, it's... Right. It's in Vegas. And it's there's four Jacksons ready to... Sing it. Yeah. Dance it out. But Stephanie and I were watching <laughs> the concert, and we were doing that thing where we were pushing on each other's thighs. You know, like, oh, Yeah, no. like kicking under, the, like, oh, yeah. when does it end? Oh, gosh. And then somebody wrote about how I was there. <laughs> well, I mean, it sort of speaks to the the theme of this film because if you went to a concert and you Let only me just say saw... one last thing. Yes, please. I had been nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> and so that was given to me by the Grammys, so I think I assumed mm. Oh, it... that was going to be a great. There was going to be I, I was like, "Oh. Well, we got some four, yeah." Take... Well, I mean, I won. I was. I won. I was given a ticket, a, a weekend in Vegas by mm. the Grammys. Mm. So we went. Yeah. And one of the things was to see the Jacksons. They weren't called the Jackson Four. <laughs> they were called the Jacksons, but it was very clearly the Jackson Four. I mean, when when four guys come out, you're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. There's and only when, four. And when they're singing the hits, uh, uh-uh. uh, something's missing. <laughs> You're just like, oh my gosh. Anywho, so what I was saying, imagine if you went to a concert and you only saw the backup singers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're great, but... I feel like I would have been completely happy satisfied. seeing... Oh, yeah, I would have been very seeing satisfied. Seeing these, these only ladies seeing the that were in this film. So completely phenomenal. They're like an extra instrument with their... Uh, absence it would be like if the bass player wasn't there or the drummer wasn't there that's yeah so I think they're crucial so it's interesting because there's a woman named Lisa Fisher who is an amazing singer she sang on she sang with Sting Mm -hmm. when he sang House of Winter and and she does these just extraordinary background vocals where he is just telling her to just sing whatever she's feeling Mm -hmm. and so she has this um, sort of ethereal voice and then she went to get another backup job and they said well yes you sound great we'll hire you if you can dance (laughs) so it's not it wasn't even enough to be one of the best singers on the planet but then they Mm -hmm. want you to put on high heels and Shorty shorts and shake it, shake your money maker. Yeah, shake it, don't break it. I could have done that part. I could have done that part. Shake your money maker. I could have shaken my money maker. I could have uh, lip synced like an sob. <gasps> okay. Um. So in the film, mm-hmm. we see some of the most talented vocalists, and they're standing behind the lead singer, and. They start to think, oh, I should have my own career. I mm-hmm. should be, there should be backup singers for me. And so you see um, Luther Vandross 
was a backup singer for David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And then he became Luther. So it, it's interesting. Vandross. Vandross. I just liked to call him Luther. But we see how it can happen, and it, it does happen, but it's... Sheryl Crow was a backup singer. She was? For yeah. Who? I think for she whom? was a backup for singer for Michael Jackson. I mean, I wonder how she feels about him. Wow, well, let's do another show about it. <gasps> no, it's too sad. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> do I need to be here for this episode? I feel like you're taking... Asked and Answered. Yeah. Um, That's your new podcast, Asked and Answered <laughs> with Cheryl Hines, where you just talk to yourself. It is. Okay, listen, I feel yeah. like we're not really telling everybody what... Okay, so yes, these wonderful, talented okay. backup singers. <gasps> okay, getting back to horrible people. Horrible, comma, talented people. So Phil Spector knew this woman, Darlene Love, was one of the best vocalists. So she did background, and she was dying to get away from Phil Spector. She finally did, and then he bought out her contract to bring her back with him. And she finally said, I'm not doing it. And she had a short-lived, I don't know why it was a short-lived solo career, but she sang, you know, that really famous Christmas song. I think it's called Christmas, Christmas Baby, sing, Please Come Home. Can you sing a little bit of it? Sure. I'm singing deck the hall. Okay. Anyway, um, does that ring a bell or no? You need to hear the real one. It rings a Christmas bell. Okay, so she finally quit the industry altogether, and she had to pay her rent, so she became a housekeeper. Mm -hmm. She was cleaning this woman's house, and then she heard her song. One particular Christmas, I was cleaning this lady's bathroom. And Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. My Christmas record came on the radio while I was cleaning this bathroom. And I just looked up and just said, okay, all right, darling, this is not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be singing. There's a whole world out there who wants to hear you sing. She's so talented and she's so pretty. Yeah. But can you imagine not to... Uh, yeah, go I ahead. was just... I feel like I, I'm just remembering when I made the joke of... Um, White people can't sing? No, no that's that not a, a joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think I... No, to go back to the joke where I said Christmas bells, I meant to say yeah. jingle bells. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that would have made all the difference in the world. So what were you <laughs> going to say, Cheryl? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, can you I just imagine being... Um, in that position where you're cleaning someone's home mm -hmm. and you hear your own song on the radio. Yeah. And it's like the universe speaking to you saying, look, this is not where you should be. Hang up that mop. Hang up the mop. Yeah. Go to New York City. Yeah. It's really something, actually. I mean, I don't really have anything other other than that to say except wow. yeah please take note it's really something 
(laughs) (laughs) But it really is. It's just simply really something. Part of what's, I think, sort of challenging to talk about with this documentary, it's it's really, it's something you have to hear. Mm -hmm. You really have to hear the voices of these background singers to understand exactly how good they are. Well, yeah. I mean, I found myself every time a woman came on the screen and it would list all of the different incredible musicians that they would sing with, I would think, all right, let's hear. How good is this person? Is this going to actually speak to me? You know, if they like singing on their own. Right. Because of course, what they peppered into these songs, that was incredible. But I remember thinking, if you isolate their voice, how great, how great is this voice going to be? Every time through the roof through, through the, the roof. roof how is there not a super group with all of these backup singers singing we are the world type stuff you know i want to hear no, it like how many to, people are you talking about like it doesn't 50, have to be 30? that many where you, there's like a million people in a studio singing we are the world type holiday or charity songs i just mean i mm. wanted to see a super group with all of these women taking solos, singing harmonies together, doing mm-hmm. the call and response, all the all the amazing tricks of the trade. Mm-hmm. Instead of just toot toot. Hey, beep beep. You love a toot toot, toot, toot and a beep. <laughs> but what's interesting about the stories is that some of the people that tried to have a solo career there was at least one or two of them that said, it's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. I'm responsible for everybody. It's a different world, right? When you're the backup singer and you go and you do your thing. But somebody's telling you where to go and when to do it. And it's somebody else's record. And it, you don't feel mm-hmm. that. But when it was them, there was at least one of these women that just said, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to teach Spanish. And that's what she did. Yes. I remember thinking, I would love for her to keep doing music, but if she is just teaching Spanish, could I get her number and uh, hire her to uh, help learn some words? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But again, every single singer in this movie was just, they shouldn't be cleaning houses. They should not be teaching Spanish. I mean, I understand the ones that are saying they don't want that spotlight. They don't want people chasing them down the street. They just get the joy of singing and performing with others. And Yeah. You know, there was, there was a, uh, a guy at the end of the movie, and it's terrible that I can't remember his name. There's a lot of people in this movie. There is. And at the end of the movie, they start talking about the idea of success. What is success? Is success as a musician that you get paid Or is it that you can make beautiful music? So one of the guys that I, it sounded a little cavalier when he was giving his take. Let's just hear this. There's machines that make people stars that don't have talent. They don't really sing live. Someone could have done that for Judith. But I think what she has is deeper. And maybe selling 500 million records is not the best thing for her. That's kind of an odd thing to say, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe selling 500,000 records isn't the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like as an actor to say, look, I think you're so talented. 
I want you to do your monologue in your living room and leave us alone. <laughs> it's be- it'll be better for you to keep that talent pure. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Don't make a lot of money. I mean, actually, it it is a a thought, isn't it? An idea about musicians, about artists that it doesn't matter if they're doing it for one person or for mm-hmm. 2 million. Well, I think also as a backup singer and musician, you probably get a front row seat to <laughs> the the person that's selling the tickets, that's selling out stadiums, and you might feel like, oh, this might not be the life for me. You can see the, the level of stress or yeah. the, ob- the obligations that you oh, have right. on different levels. No, you're right, because one of them said if she was still in the business, she would be dead from an overdose. Tata Vega. Oh, that's her name. That's not just your response to my... No, that is her name. Her name is Tata Vega. Yeah. And she was discovered by Stevie Wonder. Uh, yeah, she thinks she would have OD'd if she had made it. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. It is. You know, you can, you know, you think about people that make it overnight. And one of the downfalls of that is you don't get that slow rise of learning the industry that you're in and seeing... Do you want your own show? Do you want to be a movie star, a TV star, a singer? Mm-hmm. What do you want? Not that you can't back out once you have success, but it, it's harder to. But there's certain personalities that don't do well with the pressures of yeah, fame and right. a lot of money. Is there anything that we need to cover before we start winding it down? I would say I, I just would like to, to push again for a super group. I think you're missing the point of this whole film. The whole film is about these backup singers want to be in the spotlight. They don't want to be lumped in together. Is that what you got out of this film? (laughs) They can each have solo records. Okay. That's on the table too. Okay. But I don't want to have to buy a lot of records. By the way, no one buys records anymore. Okay, I don't want to have to download a bunch <laughs> of records. It's, by the way, you're acting like that's hard work <laughs> to press a button to download. I don't want to have to press a Make lot a of list. buttons. Okay. Oh I just God. would like them all to be in a super group. Okay. And then they take their solos and they hand it off to each other. Okay, let's do it. And they have their own albums that you oh, press geez. buttons for. All right, should we do our final segment? Not every story has a happy ending. You know that, Cheryl. But every episode of True Story does. Mm-hmm. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Mm-hmm. Cheryl, would you recommend this documentary? And if so, to whom? I would I don't think it's going to appeal to everybody I know because it's a it's it's sort of a warm bath. <laughs> and I know a lot of people that need more of a um who murdered What is wrong with a warm bath? <laughs> I take well, one every night. No. Throw some bubbles in there? No, because it's so it's nice and it's relaxing Toss and it's an Oscar and it, in. 
and these and these guys and the, these women are just so magical in it. So yes, there are a lot of people I would recommend it to, and then some people I just don't think will have the attention span to appreciate. Really, that's surprising. I guess you probably are right, maybe. But I just I was so into this. Maybe it's just my love for music. Um, maybe. Well, yeah, I think if you love music, you're gonna really love this this documentary. I really love this. Yeah, it it could yeah. have gone on. It could have been three hours for me. A three hour bath. Yeah, and and that is not unusual. <laughs> it is not unusual. And here's a little side note about bath time for me. Yeah. Before the pandemic, when my kids were like two, mm-hmm. and Stephanie would be gone, and I was alone. And I wanted a bath, a warm bath. I would ask them if they would give me a bath. And that way I could take a bath and they both would stand at the bathtub and they would put soap in and bubbles. And it was a way that they never wanted to leave the bathtub because they thought they were helping me. That's so so cute. It's so cute. And then... um, and I got to take a bath, and they really thought they were doing something. That's very cute. When I, before I had a baby, I remember going to a spa, and there was like a bathtub in the women's locker area. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was a woman in, in that bathtub, and people are just walking by. And I thought, who the fuck takes a bath in front of people? Like, that's absurd. It was me. It was you. And then when I had a baby, I realized, oh, yeah, you don't you don't take baths when you have a baby. You just can't. You don't have time. You don't get to say, oh, hey, guys, give me 20 minutes. I'm going to relax. 20 minutes? 20? And I don't. I take a longer bath. (laughs) 20 minutes, I would feel gypped. (gasps) What are your kids doing? They're helping. They still, to this day, just today. Is that relaxing, though? Is that relaxing? I'm sure there's enough. more. Enough. It's relaxing enough. But yeah. to this day, they literally today, I took That's a bath cute. and they both, what they do Helped. is they bring their Lego boats and they put them in the water and they play with the bubbles and then they hand me, I let them pour the 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 gel the in and the mm-hmm. bubbles and the salts. and. It, this does not sound relaxing at all. Well. It's the then, opposite of a bath. It's This is like... <laughs> This is like a, a, a water park. No, this is, it, it's the best I can do when I'm home alone with them. And it works and it, they fall for it every time and they, they help me. But when okay. Stephanie's home, I'll ask her to stick around and hang out with the boys. And then I'll go take a relaxing 45 minute bath. You have each other. That's nice. We do have each other. I mean, a single parent, it's very hard to, to, um, to bathe. Okay. Anyway. What's your biggest takeaway? Um, what's your biggest takeaway? I guess my biggest takeaway. I, I kind of go back to that idea of of taking slower steps in a career mm-hmm. and um, and making sure you're ready to fly if you're ready to fly. Mm-hmm. Because you know people talking about how they could see themselves ODing <sighs> or working with uh unsavory people when you get thrown into something quickly you can end up in a a really bad situation but you also don't want to stay in something for too long but it just kind of reminds me of the importance of 
a natural progression into things. Yeah. It made me think about um, extras, background mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. artists in our field. Yeah, that's what I was mistaken for on Transparent. <laughs> and they have a special talent that mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I would be good at it at all because mm-hmm. they're very patient and they they're really there to support the the I don't want to say main actors but I'll say main actors but you just know that some of those background artists are amazing actors mm-hmm. you know what I mean and yeah. they if they had the chance they would be standing where you are and um, it's interesting I think it's a for me, it's always like everybody around you, you don't know what people around you can really do. You don't really know their potential. And you don't, all you see is the one little sliver that they're showing you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of backup mm-hmm. or background actors, I'm going to um, compliment you, Cheryl. Oh, thank you. Prepare yourself. <laughs> I remember when you and I worked on that very famous sitcom together that. In the motherhood? Went straight to number one. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had a lot of acting experience but I'd had some I had done some things here and there Mm -hmm. but I was very struck by how um and I know this sounds insane because of course people should be friendly to people but you were so friendly to the background actors in fact I remember seeing you talking to a couple saying that you remembered them from another job that you had done and I remember they were so flattered and excited <laughs> and um and it was just nice to see it was very that's nice, nice. To see. I mean that's a nice story that sounds like you though right that so sounds like me well you know I will say uh I've worked with some amazing actors mm-hmm. like Robin Williams mm-hmm. who taught me a lot Mm-hmm. He was very respectful of everybody and um, in, inclusive. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, I really have paid attention to the people that you admire and you respect and you sort of grab those qualities and, and try mm-hmm. to incorporate them into your life. But that's that's nice. Yeah, it always uh, stuck out to me. Oh, Tig, and I've done nothing but insult you. I like being insulted. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> okay well thanks everybody for joining us yeah again i i I could have watched this movie for three hours and um i really hope that each singer finds their way in the world whatever their age is whether it's reuniting with old friends to sing together whether they're continuing to sing behind the scenes or in the spotlight i just i really loved all of these people in the movie and I just want I want their happiness more than anything I really do okay do you have anything you'd like to mention well I am on a show called I can see your voice on Fox congrats if you like singing shows which I know you do you're gonna love it it's fun how about you well, I have another podcast. It's called oh. Don't Ask Tig, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a real global hit sensation. Hmm. We have some very exciting guests coming up, and I can't I even, can. I just, I can't Too even to... say it right now. Oh. But two people that are the biggest in what they do are oh. coming. Are, uh, yeah, they are. The, Va- vague but titillating. Yes. The biggest in what they do. They are going to be guests, and I can't even believe. I went is out on a, a limb. Duo? 
No. Is it a duo? Two separate no. guests. Separate episodes. I, I went out on a limb mm-hmm. and just emailed both of them and just said, this is, I knew it was crazy ask. And they both got back to me right away and said, I'm in. And I okay. couldn't even believe it. Couldn't believe it. Okay. So, now I, now we're going to have to follow don't you. Don't ask Tig. Okay. Don't ask Tig. For us, mm-hmm. you should follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. And also, yeah, make sure to uh, tell your friends. People are so into documentaries and docu-series, yeah. and I'm sure we'll hit some of the um, the ones that everyone's talking about or that talked about in previous years. And I think it's been fun for people that are writing in about uh watching the movie ahead of time so they can follow along with us yeah it's fun so so you so either you can you know clearly listen to this podcast and then we'll tell you what we're going to talk about next or if you follow us on social media we also announce it so it gives you a a week to watch this film yeah and even if you don't yeah even if you don't it's it's okay it it doesn't matter yeah all right cheryl let's let's do it again let's do it again Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Tig Notaro, and Cheryl Hines. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett. With music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate the feedback. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about the Queen of Versailles. Yeah, yeah. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>